0: This is the Out of Time Film Podcast where your hosts Tom and John discuss everything from blockbuster films to TV and games like there's no tomorrow. Hello, and welcome to the Ask Time Film Podcast. My name is Tom, and as always, I'm joined with my co host John. Hello. And this week Hi. we are talking about Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, the final DCEU film. Yeah immediate depression it's been a rough year for dc hasn't it
1: yeah and it's been about 10 years down this road with uh dceu and i'm just processing everything you know what happened about this year with dc and here we are yeah this is the last dceu film so this year we had the flash shazam and this one as well so blue beetle as well oh blue beetle yeah actually that was a banger i forgot about that one so this year we had all dc projects this year
0: it's been such a strange road i think i could pretty confidently say this is the last time we're gonna see aquaman on the big screen for yes quite a few years i mean it's really depressing that this has to be the film that ends it all it wasn't very good was it it was not very good so as we talked about aquaman
1: a few episodes ago we really liked it it was a strong movie with like really cool action sequences the story was cool and that was five years ago since we saw Aquaman on the big screen and now he's
0: back in the last movie yeah I mean I had nothing but good things to say about the first Aquaman you guys can listen to our episode on that if you're interested but Yeah, one last time, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Force bullet's ahead for anyone who hasn't seen it. Briefly explain the plot for those who don't know. After failing to defeat Aquaman the first time, Black Manta
1: wields the power of the mythic Black Trident to unleash an ancient and malevolent force. Hoping to end his reign of terror, Aquaman forges an unlikely alliance with his brother, Orm, the former king of Atlantis. Setting aside their differences, they join forces to protect their kingdom and save the world from irreversible destruction. Okay, so that's the Lost Kingdom. That's what we're tackling here. Yeah. What'd you think? should we just get to the positive first yep, about yeah go film? for it because I feel like there was isn't a lot to say about the positives about this film but there's one thing that I really liked about the film was that we got to see more of the chemistry between Jason Momoa and Patrick Wilson's characters yeah from the last film I thought it was really interesting to explore more of their brother relationship to each other about being king of Atlantis and you know how Ackerman's feeling or what all things of the surface world and i thought that was just really nice to see because typically you know like when protagonist works with the antagonist the chemistry isn't always right it's just all over the place and with this film i thought it was just well balanced between you know the chemistry between jason and patrick and i gotta say patrick wilson he was just great in this one as well and jason as well and i thought this was the strongest part of the film I gotta say, Tofu the Squid was also the best part of the film. I thought he was a force of nature in this performance, you know, saving you know, characters. and Okay, I'm not being serious anyway. Finally, I do want to say that there were some cool fight sequences, especially the fight between Aquaman and Black Manta at the end.
0: And that's about it, really. Yeah, because... I think it tries to take everything from the first film, to the next level. It tries to dial everything up to 11, and I think, you know, the first film, I had nothing but praise when it came to the cinematography and the action, and I think that, largely, it still looks really great, and the action is still really cool, but I think it all tries a little bit too hard. I think it tries a little bit too much to top itself after the first film, when really, we don't really need that, we just need more of that, not necessarily a better version of that, just a little bit more. I think, particularly towards the end, it boils down to another the CGI army smash and in the first film that was cool because it had significance to the characters and everything was building to this certain point where Arthur's arc and Orm's arc intersected whereas I feel like in this one the CGI army is just kind of it's an occupational hazard it's something that feels like a checkbox for them to tick off I agree with you about Orm I've written some notes down here and my first note is just Orm carries and I think yes, that so true. I agree. This film, this film, this yeah. film would have been so much less enjoyable if it wasn't for Orm, who is just so charming and so lovably hateable. Yeah, he's just got a really great presence. Patrick Wilson, he does a great villain in the first film, but here he kind of gives him this anti-hero edge, and I really liked him. It's just really fun to watch as he bickers with Arthur and learns a bit more about the surface world. It's very similar to what happens with Mira and Arthur in the first film, where they each come to appreciate the different parts of the planet. Arthur comes to appreciate the underwater and Mira comes to appreciate the surface. I think you get a similar thing with Orm here, like the end, he tries his burger and all that. Like, I really liked those aspects of it. They were really great. And I think the one big thing that I think doesn't come with a caveat, like every positive thing that I have about this film is like, oh, this was good. But but no, the one thing that actually did just slap was Rupert Gregson Williams' score, as oh, soon yeah. as the film started, I was like, oh my god, they've obviously got Rupert Gregson Williams back, and they had, and it was just really, really great to hear him taking all of his music from the first film to the next level, mm-hmm. and I love that score so much, and it's great to hear the Aquaman theme and all the villains' themes again, and that elevates so many of the emotional moments. If this was paired with just like a generic comic book film score, and there's so many of them, so many comic book films just slapped on with a generic, really underwhelming score. This film could have been so much less enjoyable, but I think the score really did do so much for those moments. At the very least, because I could connect them back to the first film and be like, oh, there's a bit of emotional connection I have. Like, it, that was just so great. Yeah, I think, yeah, the score elevated some
1: scenes, you know, or the character presence on screen as well. I agree with a lot of that. So I need to listen to the score because Rupert Gregson Williams does a lot of bangers. I haven't listened to him for a while, so I should do that. Now, I think we should go to the cons because I have a lot to say about the cons. First thing is the confusing plot points. Let me break down what I said earlier for the brief synopsis. So, for this film, it really showed that this is Black Manta trying to get his revenge on Aquaman. He doesn't really do this in the film at all. I mean, he does try to kill Aquaman's father, but there was no consequences about that. So Black Manta was just heavily focused on the Black Trident. And all the way throughout the film, he will just say, I am going to kill Aquaman's father, family, I'm going to take over everything that you loved. And he doesn't do that. I wish there was more potential for that because again, in the film, first film it was really well developed in the sense of like he lost his father due to Ackerman I thought that was a proper villain that was building up. But this was just one-dimensional. It was just like, okay, guys, I want to kill Aquaman, But first, we got to use the Black Trident and and create this whole kingdom back. And by the way, it's called Aquaman and Lost Kingdom. And you don't get to hear about the kingdom until later on. You don't get any context. Like, oh, why is it called the Lost Kingdom? We don't know until an hour later into the film. Or two hours. Yeah, the the I mean, Lost that's...
0: Kingdom plays barely any role in it. Like exactly, it's not, it's not like a compelling mystery that is built throughout. It's just like oh, at the end they're like oh, wh- we found this kingdom. It's like oh, cool guys. I spoke about it in the Aquaman video, but it is great to have returning villains. And one of the things that I did appreciate was that you don't have to do all that legwork with establishing new villains, new relationships. That's already done for you. There's a lot of flashbacks in the film itself and some of them work, some of them don't. You know, it's very much like, I know that the whole audience isn't going to remember everything, but as somebody who does it, felt a little bit pointless. The thing is, is that Manta, he's barely a character anymore. Exactly, he's just, yeah. He's just a vessel for action and... For this bigger ancient king, like the, the guy who's like, I'm trapped, help me, like, you know, I, which which is really <laughs> boring, you know, like, there's so many times. That was me times... in cinema. That was <laughs> me in the cinema. I'm trapped, help me, I'm stuck, no. I
1: don't know where to go.
0: Yeah, well, I can think of so many villains who are just, like, pawns for, for greater threats, and that could sometimes work, but I don't think this is particularly engaging, and his plan... It's just too convoluted. You said it yourself. He wants to kill Aquaman. He wants to hurt Aquaman. All right, just do that then. Just attack him. Like, why do you have to get the cum or whatever it is? And, 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 and I was and, so like...
1: confused. I was so confused when he said that the oral calcum. I was oral like, calcum. What?
0: Like, what? What do you mean? Wait, what? And they what kept saying it that? throughout
1: the film. They kept saying it throughout the film. I wanted to laugh so badly. I was like,
0: why? <laughs> Why would you call oh, it like that? I don't that? even know. They kept on saying it. And, uh, you know, you got to appreciate it. has got a similar tone to the first film. There's a lot of comedy, but there's a lot of characters who do don't do break a smile. Like, I just know that, all, you know, obviously, Willem Dafoe isn't in this film. But if he was in this film, he would oh, have absolutely yeah. ate up those lines. He would have had a great time.
1: I can but hear he it isn't... in his voice. I can hear it in his voice. He <laughs> just says it like... Really Manta's solid. trying
0: to get the aura come. Like, okay. Okay, okay, dude. Um, oh, my god. We don't amazing. need all of that. Like, why does Manta need to do this? Why does he need to infect the surface world? People say like, oh, he's gone insane. Oh, the the, the Black Trident is turning him mental. And it's like, okay. He was a compelling character before this. The trailers show that he's like going on this path of vengeance. That is exactly what like his baseline motivation is. And yet they really throw all that away for being like, oh, he's gone insane. He wants to bring back this, this undead army. And it's like, really, it would have been a much more compelling film if this was just him as like a one man force, destroying everything that Aquaman holds dear. The first Aquaman gets a lot of similarities to Black Panther. I think it's unfair comparisons, but I do think that there's something to be said about this could have definitely taken a leaf out of Black Panther's book with Killmonger. This one guy who comes in and kind of ruins everything all on his own. That's kind of what we needed from Manta. We don't need a team of scientists and a team of goons for us to fight. Manta himself is a good enough threat. And Yaya Abdul-Mateen II has a lot of presence and he can really do a lot with that. The film doesn't really afford him anything. There's a moment at the end when he's about to fall down this chasm and Arthur gives him his hand. And he's like, never, I'll never take your hand. And he lets go and he kills himself. And it's like, okay, that's really compelling. But we don't really explore the fact that he is somebody who's so consumed by anger and revenge that he is at a position where he won't do that. We instead follow that he's gone insane, he's kidnapping babies route. It was just really boring to watch. Like, you know, yeah, there yeah, was so he didn't even put the baby in a microwave. Like, come on, like, there are ways to make this more interesting. <laughs> oh my God, that whole reverse clip of that, that. That's crazy. Best thing to come out of DC all year. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he had a really strong presence, but as you said, he wasn't a character at all. And then speaking of, like, really confusing plot points, one of the things that was so confusing, this is, like, the first points that I had to get to. Basically, Black Manta and his whole group, they want to infiltrate this safe. They don't even talk about this safe at all. And that's where the Ori recalcom that's where it is. And they have to take it. And then the sirens go off, and Black Manta is stuck in this place. And Black Manta says, I need an extraction. And I thought, oh, okay, this is going to be like how they're going to escape and stuff. But no, the group used Black Manta's submarine to go and destroy Atlantis. And one of the first things that they said in the first things in the infiltration to extract the Oikowkum was, do not make any confrontation at all. And they go ahead and destroy some parts of Atlantis and they try to extract the aurichalcum but that was the most confusing bit ever and then the scientists don't get me started with the scientists he said later on in the film hey i don't really want to see ice caps melt or sea life damaged i just wanted to see atlantis but he destroyed some civilians lives in atlantis he's like he presses this button to destroy it and he's uh, <laughs> i don't understand it This was
0: like the most confusing part of the movie. The film thinks that this scientist guy is like layered and they're like, oh yeah, he's really interesting because he's conflicted because he only wants to see, but also he's we being held hostage conflicted. and so he doesn't really we know. don't but see it's him like, conflicted Yeah, yeah he, no. the whole time we just kind of see him as like being out to save himself and not really interested in anything other than you know, his science and his moral dilemma is, oh no the baby, oh I can't let him kill a baby and it's like, well okay, that feels like much less of a moral like choice than, than other moments in the film because who wouldn't be uncomfortable <laughs> with the murder of a baby? The side characters in general, they just do nothing. They're either there for exposition or because they were in the first film. Like, Nicole Kidman and Temuera Morrison, they're just there to do pep talks, and deliver exposition, and that just feels super boring, and just a huge waste, you've got a bigger role for Dolph Lundgren in this film, and again, like, he just does nothing, Mira is in this film, Amber Heard, it feels like a lot of it has cut her out, it feels like there are ways that the script has tried to find ways to not have her in the plot, but I think the film suffers because of that, I mean, you know, however you feel about Amber Heard aside, Mira was a big character in the first film, she means something to Arthur, she means something to Orm. I don't think Mira and Orm even speak, even exchange looks in this film, when they had a really big connection in the first film, and obviously that connection wasn't really explored in the first film, but it was there. They were betrothed, they were going to be married. There's even a moment where Black Manta says to Aquaman, he's oh like, my, God, you stole no. his throne and his woman, Aquaman. Shame on you, and it's like wow, okay. He went okay. there, sure, fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> but these but those two characters, Mira and Orm, they just don't they don't even speak.
1: There was a lot of Do As Ex Machina scenes as well with Mira just saving the day quickly, you know, saving Aquaman's life or d- doing all of that. So that was very out of
0: nowhere. I just think that there's a lot in this film, which is just surface level and just smashing your action figures together. The film really should have lent into those father themes, you know, family themes. This film seems to be vaguely interested in the fact that Aquaman is a father now. Well, let's explore that because what made the first film so good was that it, it had those family elements and those really strong ties brought it all together. Whereas this film, it's fairly fun. It goes by at a fairly brisk pace. It's shorter than the first movie, but it has no substance beneath it. it's it's very, very surface level yeah everything was two-dimensional there was just nothing really exciting
1: everything was just so predictable the story and there was some interesting concepts about like this toxic how it's damaging the environment again we're looking back at the first movie about the message about climate change and especially in this one about like how factories are kind of poisoning the, the air but also sea life as well so I'm kind of glad that they went into that, but then again, it was just very predictable in terms of storytelling. Like it was very formulaic. And one of the things that I was really struggling with was the pacing of the film. I just got really bored. There wasn't really anything that was exciting or building up. And one of the first things that came to my mind was like, why is Black Manta in the Arctic, or is it enough? I I, I think it's in the Arctic or somewhere. That was the first thing that I was just really confused. Like, why is he
0: there? Was he actively trying to find the Black Trident? I don't that think was so. That's why I
1: was asking, yeah. I was like, does he know about the Black Trident? How the would he know that? Like, who,
0: yeah. who, who, who told him that? The comic book writers. No. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Johns came down and was like, listen, I have something to tell you. David. He is his name David? This. Black Manta? I think his name's uh, David. David Cain. David Cain. David Kane. that's right. It's weird because they started calling him David and I was like who's, da- who- who's, uh, who's David who who is the and then and then they're like who's oh yeah it's Black Manta and I was like sorry I don't think we learned his name in the first film <laughs> I think we literally just knew him as like pirate slash Black Manta and it's like uh, and now it's like yes David, don't do this, David. Ah, yes, David,
1: don't don't worry, guys. We've got a name for Black
0: Manta. Yeah, we're we're chummy with him now, apparently.
1: Yeah, we could have just found a way just
0: to build some personal or emotional weight around him. Again, he was just a character. He was just nothing. It's in dire need of a conversation. And the thing that's interesting in this one is that Aquaman just left Black Manta's father to be killed by the sea with no mercy. He he literally says, you ask the sea for mercy. Let's explore that. Let's explore the recklessness of Aquaman. Let's have a conversation between Aquaman and Black Manta. But they don't do that. They don't even bother doing that. It's all just about the the action and the fight scenes. And, you know, that's cool. The action is fine. I think the CGI is very up and down in this one. But that's not what makes it interesting. That's not what makes the first film interesting. What makes the first film interesting with Arthur and Orm is that they have conversations, that they talk, that we know exactly where they stand. They actually do have a lot of similarities and they could be friends. And, and that's, that's what is, again, the best part about this film is that they lead into that. Aquaman and Orm are constantly having conversations and constantly talking to each other Mm -hmm. and that's what makes it interesting that's why their bond eventually really works is because they don't just only see each other in action scenes they actually spend time with each other and talk that is important
1: it's basic storytelling you are not going to understand the villain at all and one of the things about this film was with the exposition and dialogue as well i wish it just could have been a lot more better and one of the things that i've just found really lazy about this film apparently there's a disease that came from somewhere. And apparently this took the life of Aquaman's mentor, Nudis. Is that his name?
0: What? Nudist?
1: No, what's his name?
0: Vulco? Vulko
1: No, apparently, no no. On Google nudist? it says n- new- I can't spell
0: it. D- please don't Maybe spell his first name. name is nudist. Maybe he doesn't wear any clothes. And then that just no. they kind of like they made a, a nickname for him. They were like, oh you nudist. No, is it nudist?
1: I think
0: his I name's yeah it's Volko is Volko, but Google, oh should. You mean, you mean, you mean Willem Dafoe, right? Yeah, Willem Dafoe. Yeah, yeah this, is, this is his character. Oh, right, okay. He's got a first name. That makes sense. That may, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, Nuitis, Nui, Nui t- yeah, Nui uh, I don't okay, know.
1: I, uh, reverse reverse reverse
0: so <laughs> they took the life of volko and he just gets killed off off screen just like that yeah they clearly uh, couldn't get willem dafoe back okay. that must have been what happened there i
1: think he just had enough of like water films again like <laughs> yeah. films were filled with water i
0: mean like we had the light and then we had Aghriman. He was probably filming like poor things or something like that and yeah. if that's the case fair enough like, yeah fair enough because like cuz this yeah, this isn't the, yeah this isn't really worth anyone's time no. yeah it really is a depressing end to
1: the dceu we went to something really good. with like Man of Steel. And Man of Steel really had this strong vision for the DCEU and where it was going. And then it kind of just fell apart. Literally, it fell apart with Justice League. And now it's just so weird what's happening. But now James Gunn is rebooting the DCU,
0: So that's something to look forward to. What a strange... Like when you look at it as a whole... What a strange cinematic universe. And I want to say that I value it still. It might have ended badly, and it might have had various bad films, but I don't think I it guess. is nearly as bad as a lot of people make it out to be. I think there are some absolutely fantastic films, and particularly in that middle section, kind of 2018 to 2021, some fantastic films that all were creator-driven and really exercised filmmakers abilities and they weren't kind of bothered with building that universe and and yeah i know that at points that was a bit too much of their priority but i will always find value in dceu and i'm kind of sad that it's over but yeah this is a kind of depressing end what are you gonna give aquaman and the lost kingdom out of 10 I'm going to give this film a four hour ten. Cool, yeah. I'm going for five. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you enjoyed it and you're listening on YouTube, you can like and subscribe if you want to see more. And if you're listening on Spotify, you can follow and give us a five-star review if you think we're worthy. Next week, we're going to be doing the best films of 2023, just like we Ooh. do every year. We'll be giving our top five. That's very exciting. And you can send us an email at, at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on the best films of the year and ask us any questions. We'll answer it right here on the podcast next week. Yes, I'm very excited about that. And you can follow us on Instagram at
1: OuterTimeFilmPod to see our incredible thumbnails from Zane Asville, on Twitter for more thoughts from Tom and TikTok to see edited clips, which are all also on Instagram Reels and YouTube Shorts. And you can find a link to that all in the sh- description below. Thanks to L. James Mayer for the excellent theme and William Phillips for vocals as always. And I think that's everything. And what a year for movies as well for our
0: What a year. Yes. wow what a year for every happy new year everyone this is yeah this episode is releasing year. on the 31st of december i hope everyone has a great new year here's 2024 yeah uh, let hope it's a good one who, yeah. who knows yeah who knows? and i'm
1: very excited to talk about the best films this year i might have to reconsider now I'm, i was like the
0: top five about like aquaman but no um I'm but aquaman about... in the top five aquaman is at my number one spoilers, spoilers oh, oh my god <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a masterpiece <laughs> Take away, you're giving? Give nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye.